Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. And today I'm super excited because I have somebody here from my hometown that I get to interview. She is a singer. She is a songwriter. She's also a pianist. Uh, she is, of course, from Montreal. So shout out to everybody from Laval because that's who we got in the building today. Her debut, debut single, Congratulations, came out in 2022. And she's been killing it even before then um, online. So we're going to get into that. And she just recently signed to Atlantic Records. So welcome to the podcast, Alicia Credi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking time out of your day to sit with me for a little bit to talk. So I'm super excited to speak to you because it's not every day that I get to speak to someone from Montreal who made it to have like a record deal and you know doing their thing with like you know videos and all that stuff so it's really exciting so congratulations too on that as well thank you so much I appreciate you of course so I always start off the podcast asking the same question each time so what is or what comes to your mind when I say what is your first memory of R&B music Oh my God. Um, my first memory of R&B music, and this yes. is probably my first memory of falling in love with music in general, is on the highway in my mom's Honda, and she's blasting Ben Gone, Keisha Cole. Oh, okay. And that was the one that really did it for me. And I feel like it was just it was also a moment that I was like, I'm seeing my mom in her element, just kind mm -hmm. of like driving and jamming. And it was something that brought us closer, even just me kind of looking up to her and being like, oh, this is sick. This is a great song. This is this is like the future me, essentially. And so there you go. I loved R&B ever since. <laughs> I love that. I love that you, you know, it brings a memory of family. I love, that's why I love asking that question too. Cause a lot of times it brings people back to a memory, a, you know, a good time with usually a family member or like a friend that they grew up with. So that is so interesting. And it's Keisha Cole. So she, you know, is one of the classics here in R&B music, putting out hits after hits after hits. So I love that. So then besides Keisha Cole, like what other artists have you, were you listening to, you know, growing up? So growing up, I listened to a lot of Stevie Wonder, Usher, Rihanna. Rihanna was my first CD, Ponde Replay, that album. Okay. On like Walkman, and I was obsessed. <laughs> and Brandy, Christina Aguilera, mm -hmm. so many. And it was, it was a lot of big voices. That's always what I was drawn to. And the urgency of the music, just feel good or gut-wrenching. <laughs> and that's funny you say that because your music gives us those things. You know, you have like a powerful voice. It's gut-wrenching. You like basically kind of get like sucked into the songs, right? So I, I, I see that comparison. I see that influence in your music. So that's really cool that that's who you were listening to. And then you know, the music that you're putting out too. And you're a songwriter. And it's funny that you said Stevie Wonder, because I feel like Stevie's like one of like the best songwriters um, that we have. So when did you start writing music? I started writing music when I was about seven. Okay. Maybe six or seven. I wasn't even spelling things correctly. I didn't even know what I was writing about. Like the first song I ever wrote was 
structureless and super sassy. And I just remember like rushing to my mom and being like, hey, look what I wrote. Um, I was just always creating as a kid. And that started with art and kind of just drawing. And I would kind of sing to myself subconsciously mm-hmm. at the same time. And it was very soothing for me and therapeutic. So just naturally started writing songs because that's who my inspirations, that's what my inspirations were doing. And my mom kind of quickly put me in piano lessons after that. Yeah, I was going to ask because you have piano too. So is it something where she saw like your songwriting, whether it had structure or not, but you like, you know, singing around the house. So she did she push you to be like in music to really like hone those skills and like support you in that way? So I think with my family, it was always get your degree, finish school, get a nine to five. Um, I'm from a Italian family, so that mentality was really kind of pushed on me, but they always did support my music and it was always a passion of mine, but it's just kind of funny to think that my mom saw that I wrote this song and then put me in piano lessons because she had read an article that it makes you better at math. So she's like, okay, great. Like we got both down. My kid's happy. She's doing something that she's passionate about and she'll be better in school. I feel like parents are always like that. So even like for me, it was like dance. So my mom put me in all these dance classes, but she was always like, no, you have to go to university. You have to get your degree, yada, yada, yada. So I totally, I, I totally feel that. So then doing all these things, like taking the lessons, writing music on your own and singing, when did you like, did you ever feel that you wanted to become an artist or when did you know that this is what I, I'm going to do? I think that I always had music to rely on as the one thing that I was in control of, the one thing that I felt like was truly, truly mine. So I always did that as a passion, but I never really felt empowered to pursue this professionally because I didn't see a way there. I saw a clear way to that nine to five and I, you know, I studied finance and I, I have that background, but I didn't, I didn't really see how I can get here. And because of that, I never really tried until 2020. I remember being in the library, just studying with my friend for finals. And it was like December, 2020, right before the pandemic. And she kind of like sat me down and we had like a little pep talk as we were scrolling on TikTok, taking a break, telling me anyone can go viral, just post, just post. You should really do it. And I did that. And that was kind of the push that I needed to be able to pursue this professionally and actually think that this is something that I should do because I just never believed in myself, sadly, honestly. But I think that happens to a lot of artists, you know, you're good, but there's always that self doubt or, you know, that imposter syndrome that rolls in. And then I think too, like here in Canada, it's a bit different because we don't have like, especially in Montreal, we don't have a lot of artists who's made it and like done like really, really big things. I mean, we have like Celine Dion and then we have Drake and stuff. So you start to close see it, but in Montreal itself, you don't always see people, you know, crossing over into mainstream. There's no kind of like clear blueprint for us to follow, I would say. That's it. And that's kind of why I felt stuck, but 
always, always had this vivid image of me every time I would kind of like look into the future. It was two of them. It was graduating and getting that diploma and myself at like the Bell Center, you know, oh, wow. stage just in front of a huge audience. And I kind of always felt like that was the place where I can really be me because music has just always felt so inherently part of my personality and just who I am and how I express myself and my outlet. But yeah, like you said, didn't really know how to get there and was, I remember kind of digging and I remember being like on Instagram, kind of doing like a deep stock, trying to get to like any producers I could find, anybody doing music in the city, trying to collaborate because I was kind of getting just sick of me and the piano. I wanted to work with other people and yeah, it was just, uh, it was a very interesting journey here. <laughs> well, shout out to the friend that pushed you to, you know, put those videos out because you got a lot of great feedback from not only just fans, but also like artists, celebrities too. So how was that to actually, you know, have people that you don't even know tell you how much they love your music? Or your voice? It was the most surreal, just overwhelming amount of love that I was not really used to, but it felt, it felt like a dream come true. I just couldn't really believe that. And yeah, to have that recognition from so many people that I've looked up to over the years was really inspiring. And motivates me to keep going and I've always kind of written to connect with people and it was it's always been to heal myself but if I can do that for one more person you know I'll be happy so kind of seeing that outreach and seeing that that could be a real possibility was so just surreal but yeah. I think that's also too like the magic of music because you know yes. you, you put yourself out there you're doing these things and people are moved they're touched by it you know it helps them um and then probably getting that information it helps you too um especially yeah. when it comes to like confidence as well like okay i you know i could do this like people are actually you know rooting for me so i think that is amazing and i'm happy you went forward and you put yourself out there like that because i know that stuff cannot be easy no it was a lot mentally to keep doing that. I feel like I've always, I've always shrunk in my life and have been a people pleaser and had, you know, some family responsibilities that just always had me thinking of everybody else. And I ended up feeling ultimately happy, unhappy with my life. And um, I just, I'm, I'm grateful that it kind of, turned out this way and yeah it was it was difficult but I think that good things in life are difficult and growth is uncomfortable so you just gotta kind of keep going no but I love that you said that because that is so true I think when you actually like go outside of your comfort zone you're rewarded for that I yeah. feel like that happens a lot and we never we never think it. And then we're there and we're like, oh, why didn't I just do that? Like, why was I, why was I stressed? <laughs> exactly. But everything in its own time too, right? So yeah. 
everything happened when it was, I guess, supposed to happen so that even though the road wasn't easy, as you mentioned, I guess those things, you know, help build you up and you'll probably reflect on it later. Maybe, you know, your first show at the Bell Center and be like, okay, I understand why everything happened this way. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know, because um, you said you were doing a deep dive, you're trying to find people to, you know, collaborate with and stuff, and it's never easy. And you also have to watch what people's intentions are and different things like that. But you had found your manager. Yes. So let us know how you two connected, because I, when I speak to a lot of artists here in Canada, that's something that um, quite a few people struggle with is trying to find the right people on their team. So you found someone. And so I want to know that story. So that could, you know, potentially help someone else. Yes. So I had first started posting a few covers on TikTok and I had posted a duet of Session 32. And that is a cover that went viral that got me connected to my manager. She kind of just slid into the DMs on Instagram and we started working together virtually. I took a meeting with her over FaceTime and I can kind of just see that she was genuine and had a plan and she's been my ride or die ever since. I'm super grateful to have her around and supporting me um I think it's really about kind of getting yourself out there to be found and keep doing you just keep moving until people are you know gonna back that because you do want it to be something that's in your control and authentic to who you are so just you just gotta keep going and was there any worry because um your manager she's not from Montreal. So like you said, you guys were working together initially virtually. So was there any worry because you guys weren't in the same location or she just made it so like effortless and easy that it was just, it was nothing. I definitely, it's funny because I'm just naturally a very anxious person. Okay. And the second that this started happening, I was like, okay, I can't share any of my original music because someone's going to steal it. And that was like my first, <laughs> first worry. And I remember taking a meeting with her and her being like, do you have any demos? Which I had none. I had never been in the studio. I had all of my songs and like my voice memo app on my phone. And I remember being like, no. And then she was like, well, can you send me anything? And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm going to play it for you live on zoom so i played her congratulations on the piano on zoom wow because of that fear um so i think that it is probably wise to be careful but you do have to take a leap of faith to to move forward so i think as long as you're cautious you're you're okay you gotta use your gut but I mean, it, it makes sense because you read all those like crazy stories. Yes. <laughs> and then, don't worry. I'm one of those people that stay up all night and watch like, um, what's it called? Like Law and Order and all those different shows. Yeah. I, I could be paranoid at times too. Like, but... Worst case scenario. Boom. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Can't exactly. happen. Not today. <laughs> exactly. You never know. But it's a, it's such a great thing to see that you you know met up with someone who you can trust who like you said had a plan 
and was able to, you know, work with you and then bring you all the way to where you are today. And like, you know, your career keeps rising and rising. So that's amazing. It really is. And I wanted to talk a bit about our lovely hometown of Montreal, because that's where you grew up. Um, a lot of people are familiar with Montreal, like they know that we speak French and they think it's like the coolest thing and all those stuff. <laughs> but tell mm -hmm. tell the, the listeners, because I have listeners that are not from Canada, what is it like or what was it like growing up in Montreal? Um, yeah, um, I actually just got back and okay. did like, we just did like a deep dive. And I think that it's such a beautiful city that, Maybe when I was there, I even took for granted now moving away in terms of um, the accessibility, the architecture, the art, um, the live music, the food. It is such a culturally rich city. And I love that about it so much. I've met so many different people throughout my life. And I am so grateful for that. I love to travel. So I'm always kind of like looking to discover and i feel like you have a little world yeah in montreal which is amazing um i grew up in the summer but i always went to school kind of in the city starting in high school and i think that my years in cjap and university were the ones that taught me the most about myself because it was kind of just me on my own and commuting and kind of um, setting my own goals and seeing whether or not I'd reach them essentially and yeah. taught me a lot of discipline, but it's just the most beautiful city, I think. <laughs> well, if you had to suggest uh, for someone who's never been to Montreal, they're going for the first time, where would you suggest that they go? What are like two places you have to go to? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I know it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking of a restaurant for sure because <laughs> you got to eat. Yes. Um, my favorite, favorite restaurant ever all throughout university that I had like once a week is Ganadera. Okay. Yeah. That's a good Great one. Food. Amazing. Was family run, I believe, and now has expanded to like a chain, but definitely got to go there great food great ambiance mm -hmm. and probably old montreal because of the architecture and yeah. just little coffee shops and it's just the best place to kind of walk around and you'll always you can go there with no agenda and you'll always kind of run into something going on and have a good time so i have so many memories with friends and dates, working, all kinds of memories from from that area. So, Yeah, no, those are two good options. That restaurant is like super good. So if you are in Montreal, definitely check it out. And Old Montreal is like a given, like you have to go there. I always tell people to like come in like the summertime. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going to say the entire time that I was speaking, it was, it was summer. It was hot. <laughs> there was no snow. <laughs> Yeah, I always talk, I'm like, yeah, my city, it's so much fun, but only in the summertime. Don't yeah. try it in the winter. Well, unless you're the type of person that likes snow and a lot of wind. That's but, not uh, me. Yeah, no. It wouldn't be me. 
<laughs> yeah, I hibernate. I stay inside the house. Yeah. That's how it is. But you don't really have to worry about that anymore because you made the move to L.A. Yes. So how was that? So I made the move about eight months ago now, and it has been a huge change like all the way down to the terrain literally like you said all the way down to the air <laughs> the yes. air that I'm breathing it's actually affected my vocal health oh wow which is so it's just crazy how all of these little things that you never really considered affect you vocally which so wait, what do you that. have to do then to take care of your vocals a lot of steaming a lot of humidifying um proper warm-ups I actually recently got deviated septum and sinus surgery. Oh, and I feel like these, you know, look, I always thought that, hey, like, doesn't everybody breathe like this? I never really considered it until I started really singing every day and being in sessions and doing shows. And I was just singing a lot more than I ever have and started to lose my voice. And yeah, it came down to, you know, the quality of the air does that, which is crazy i just never really considered it but um it's That's been crazy big. to me because there's so many singers living in los angeles yes so wild but yeah sorry continue yeah. you gotta you just gotta it's like prevention is key you have mm -hmm. to always just take care of it steaming teas honeys throat sprays warm-ups the whole thing wow. everything but um it's been a big change but in a good way. It's it's kind of like what I said earlier, that growth is uncomfortable. There's a lot about it that's been difficult. I moved here alone and I've been away from my family and particularly my brother. And that's been difficult. But I'm on a journey of self-discovery. I love what I do every day and I make it a point to go home the most that I can. So balance. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is, it is brave to like pack up and go somewhere else with just yourself. Like you're not going with a family member. It's just you. So that has to be the hardest thing. So I know for me, like I haven't moved anywhere yet, but I know because I'm close to my family, it would be such a big, a big change to not see them every day or like whenever I want. Yeah. Even as I was saying earlier, just kind of never really put myself first. And I feel like this is the first time in my life that I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And like you said, even though I have moved away and it was difficult for my brother to understand, he's autistic. So it was, it was something that really disrupted his daily routine, like me not being in the house anymore. And I'm like his best friend. So, but even now I think that it was even important for him in his own way to, you know, he's an adult now, he's, he's 22. And it's also helped him find his own independence. And it's, it's brought me and my family so much closer. So it is beautiful in a way. No, that's amazing. That is really good. Because there's two things that are happening, like you on your journey of self discovery, while you know, you grow your career too is really important. And also to have I guess more independence, like you're kind of on your own, you have to figure it out on your own, um, which could be like an amazing thing. And then, like you said, with your brother, you know, 
him on his end growing his independence too. So I know it's scary, but it's also probably beautiful to see him evolve as well. So that's amazing. And I'm I'm guessing you guys like talk all the time then. Yeah. <laughs> FaceTime, the beauty of FaceTime. <laughs> and what does he say about like your career now that you have like music videos and stuff like that? Yeah. So I think I always say that my brother Luca keeps me humble because he does not care. Oh no. <laughs> but so I thought until uh, recently I was just in Montreal and we did a little pop-up show um, right in front of the Basilica of Notre Dame and he came and I felt so, so touched by his reaction. Like he gave me a reaction that, and he's very unpredictable. So it's, you know, I didn't really expect this because of what I just said, you know, in yeah. the past, like, I'm trying to explain, like showing him videos. I'm like, look, like, see, this is what's going on. And him being like, cool, we're going to hang out now. <laughs> like, you know, like just kind of, and I'm like, okay, sick. And him being so supportive and, and saying, say, like, he just kind of like shot it out. Like, you're my favorite singer ever. Oh. Things like this or like, he kind of now he tells me like you're a singer girl now so <laughs> he's kind of coming around and that was incredible to see because with FaceTime that's not really something that I can keep him on the phone for long like our relationship is very in person it's more physical it's not like like to keep that conversation going that's not what he wants to do you know what yeah. I mean it's more like activity based so on FaceTime I can't really get him on the phone I have to go and see him. So I always make it a point to do that. But yeah, it was it was so nice, honestly. Oh, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And I know too, there's going to be so many more like amazing moments between you two as like you do more things and like he'll, you know, yeah. show more interest into the, you know. You're surprising me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's the best. Amazing. So I do want to get into your music. Um, because I don't know how, oh yeah, it was on, um, a streaming platform. I was just listening to music. And so the song comes on strange and I was immediately hooked. And then I had it on repeat for like a good hour. <laughs> I had to listen to it over and over and over again. I was just like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, who is this girl? Of course I had to go to Google. And then I find out you're from Montreal and I was like, super excited. <laughs> Damn, I appreciate you. No, it's it's so amazing. I love that song. So everybody listening and watching, if you haven't listened to Strange, please go to, you know, any streaming platform or if you're more visual, get on YouTube, look at the video. The video is out there. She has a visualizer for that as well. So let us know about Strange. How did that song come together? Yeah. Um, so I... That was, it's a song that I kind of feel like is the story of my life and is, is like the prelude to everything and is kind of just like, okay, this is, this is my pattern. I love hard. I give myself to probably the wrong people that end up taking advantage. And in the end, when they leave, I feel depleted and drained just to kind of jump right back into it. But today kind of feel like the outro is a mantra to myself and me showing up for myself in ways that I wished 
other people had done. Um, so the song has been very therapeutic to come together. I wrote it with my friend, Joy. She is a dope songwriter and artist. And yeah, it just kind of came together really naturally and was dope to collaborate with one of my friends. And yeah, just a special song to me for that reason. So yeah, no, it's it's an amazing song. And it's so relatable because I think a lot of people I'll go through that and feel that way. So I think too, that's why like when I was hearing it, not only do you have like an amazing voice, but also just the words of the song. I was just like, I feel this right here. So yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely great. Um, and then also currently now you have Pity Party. That's yes. Out. Um, yes. So you got to let us know about that and the video. Cause at one point I was like, with all this confetti, I'm like, is this getting in her mouth and her eyes? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, how did that go? Because that looked like it was a little difficult. I'm telling you, I was finding glitter everywhere. Literally. Um, we actually shot the Congratulations music video in the bathtub after that. So the glitter had to go. Like, immediately. It was like a five-minute change of, like, seven people picking glitter out of everything. Me, like, shaking my hair, trying to get it all off. Um, but... It's a song that is part of my debut EP that's going to be coming at the top of next year called Selfless that I'm super excited about. And we kind of filmed all these visualizers in like three days. And it was a crazy, crazy schedule to get everything done. So, yeah, I've got the glitter everywhere. And, then, and those are like the first videos because you've never done videos before then, right? Yeah, these were the first ones that we filmed. Wow. So we've actually filmed all of these before Strange. Strange was done after. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this EP has been like two years in the making. And I'm wow. so excited to kind of roll it out just monthly, basically. So... Is there anything else we can expect from uh, Selfless that you could let us know? Because we know Strange, we know Pity Party. Is there anything else we can let us, you can let us know, or do we have to wait till the top of the year? Hmm. I I am in the middle of rolling it out. Okay. So if you kind of if you see on YouTube, there's kind of an entry for each song. Okay. And the visual goes with it, and they tell a story. So you kind of got to stay tuned to see it all unveiled in the end. But I will be dropping new music kind of monthly until oh. until it comes. That's so, exciting. Yes, it okay. is. So we have to stay tuned because each month we're going to get <laughs> something new. So I'm excited yeah. about that because everything that I'm hearing so far, I love it. So definitely rooting for you and I can't wait to hear what else is coming and the EP I'm definitely gonna have to you know cop that too um so because this is just starting for you I all I, I want to know kind of like who would you like to work with you know I'm big on putting things out into the universe and manifesting so if you had like a wish list who's someone you would like to work with it could be an artist it could be a producer it could be a writer Yes. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking. I think writer and producer would absolutely love to work with Phineas. Okay. Super talented. I feel like it's somebody that goes deep with you. Mm -hmm. And that's always something that I strive for in sessions. Artists, I would love to work with Drake. That <laughs> love would be Drake. amazing. You already know. Um, and I need a third one. And... Jasmine Sullivan. Oh my gosh. That Jasmine Sullivan, for sure. Be everything. She's inspired me so much um vocally and in her songwriting and how authentic she is. I feel all of her music so much and love how she can, you know change a song so many ways live and can feel brand new so definitely jasmine <laughs> no i'm here for that so i'm here for all the collabs so i'll be waiting for that as well you heard it here first i love that um and i also want to know too because you know this has been happening you know so fast from the time that you put out your music and to getting signed to now coming out with your EP. And I'm sure there's gonna be, you know, a lot of shows that you're probably preparing for and different things like that. So, so far, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned um, that you can, you know, give to, you know, someone else that's coming up that's looking for their way to get into, you know, the music business? Yeah. Um, truthfully, the greatest lesson has been to embrace your uniqueness mm -hmm. and never let go of the person that you are because it's so easy to be clouded by the noise and you know wanting to be accepted by people and feel influenced to change and maybe shrink or edit yourself but the answer is always going to be within you and you gotta listen to yourself and you gotta listen to your gut and move in ways that are authentic to you. So that at the end of the day, you are happy. And when you make decisions, it's like, it's you that has to live with them at the end of the day, so. Exactly, definitely here for all of that. Definitely, so. Is there anything else that we need to look forward to or what is it that we need to do to best support you? Um, yeah, I mean, keep looking out for the songs coming and the EP and kind of what's unfolding. And I will be opening for Birdie for a few dates at the end of October. Oh, that's exciting. You want to catch me live? And... Yeah. Okay. Well, before I let you go, I just want to play a quick game. Yeah. So we are going to make Alicia your soundtrack. So I'm going to shoot out some moods, some vibes, and you're going to tell me what R&B song you would pick. All right. So the first one is, what is a song that always puts you in a good mood? Always puts me in a good mood. Break mm -hmm. my soul, Beyonce. 
Oh, okay, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, what's a song you would play to turn up to? Counterfeit. Okay. Okay, I like it. And also, don't be afraid to add in, you know, your songs too. I have to tell people that. Oh. Sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to say myself. <laughs> myself. Okay, um, what is a song you would play when you're in love? Isn't She Lovely, Stevie Wonder. Okay, that's a classic. I like that. Um, what's a song you would play when going through a breakup? Congratulations, me. <laughs> a good one, definitely. Everybody has to check it out if you haven't heard it. Um, what's a song you would play when you're getting ready to go out with friends? Ooh. Nails, St. Lamont. All right, all right. Um, what's a song you would play when working out? Oh, I feel like it's also Nails, St. Lamont. It could be the same one. Or Disguise, Omri. Okay. Um, what's a song more people should know about? The Sound, Matt Epp, and Fosia. Okay. I don't even think it's on streaming platforms anymore. But I was like, I don't know. Not even breakup. Oh, okay. Okay, so I have to look that one up, definitely. Um, what's a song that you would play that reminds you of summer? One dance streak. <laughs> no, that is a good one. That is a good one. Um, and then lastly, what's a song you play during the Christmas holidays? Ooh, Christmas shoes. Who's that by? I don't even remember, which is oh. horrible. <laughs> it's a deep cut of my dad's playlist. Oh, okay. So, so it's a yes. sentimental one. Okay. We're going to have to look that one up too. Christmas shoes. All right, so thank you so much, Alicia, for spending some time with me today and telling us about your journey. Let the people know where they can find you online and how we can follow and you know continue to support and look out for those, those new tracks that are coming out. Yes, you can follow me everywhere, find me everywhere as Alicia Credi, just easy and simple, all across all stream platforms, socials. You know, the vibes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you again so much. Everybody that's listening and watching, this is the Total RB Podcast. I am your host, Lorena. And remember, this is a bi weekly podcast. So we will be back in two weeks with a new interview. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you.